are so excited that y'all decided to join us yeah. for session number one yeah. of a walk through the Bible with Nathan on Moses and basically his introduction uh, into ministry. And I also wanted to introduce to y'all one of the newest members of our family. <laughs> her name is Harper. We also call her Hyper Harper, Hyper Harper because she gives our boys a run for their money. But <laughs> thank you all for all the sweet comments with our first video. Uh, y'all have been very kind yeah. and we appreciate it. But a lot of y'all asked, why are y'all doing these videos? Well, the main reason is that we all have a story. Yeah. I have a story, Nathan has a story, and you have a story. Right. And it's really neat to just take ordinary people um, that you know don't really have a platform, but yet they are being the church. They are being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. And they have so much wisdom and, and knowledge that I just kind of wanted to hear from different people from different walks of life and just to see what God is doing in their life now and to hear their take on the Bible and what different Bible characters mean to them and why. Yeah. So without further ado, <laughs> Nathan, please um, share with all of us a little bit of what God's been telling you and a little bit about Moses. Yeah, so I, I think for the last few years, uh, this story in particular has really spoken to me, to us, and uh, I believe even today it's going to speak to you. So uh, we, we all know the story of Moses. Um, we know that he was found in a basket by the Pharaoh's daughter in the River Nile. And uh, at that time, the Pharaoh had decreed that all the male babies were to be killed because there was uh, fear that... The Hebrew people were becoming so numerous, they would take over, and so they were going to kill the male babies. But Moses' parents said, no, we are going to hide him. And they hid him for three months, it says. And uh, we we see that when the Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses, we can read in, in Exodus 2.6, it says, And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Now, how would she immediately see a baby and know that this was a Hebrew child? Yeah. How? Uh, I think it's important to know that in Hebrew tradition, uh, all male babies were circumcised on day eight. Well, he was hidden for three months. He would have been circumcised. Yeah. And I think that unlike the Charles and Heston movie and the Ten Commandments, uh, it wasn't the blanket that gave it away. It wasn't a Hebrew blanket. It was actually the fact that he was circumcised. And so he was marked from birth uh, as a Hebrew. Yeah. And so for some reason, when I was growing up and when I was reading through this, I always felt like Moses is uh, Moses knowing that he was Hebrew was like this deep dark secret, right? Exactly. Like, like he didn't know, and it was kind of kept from him. And even though his own mother was uh, the one raising him as his nurse, and and probably even teaching him Hebrew uh, traditions, exactly, yeah. I don't. I just thought he didn't know. I don't. I don't know you why know, I thought I'm that. The same way too. I just. I didn't even think about. I it. don't know. <laughs> but if if he was marked, if he was circumcised showing the mark of a Hebrew, right? He would have known growing up that obviously he's not Egyptian. Uh, this would have been uh, obvious to him. And so therefore he would have grown up probably ostracized in the house of Pharaoh to a large degree, yeah. not feeling like he belonged there, knowing he was uh, kind of saved 
from uh, having to work so hard. Yeah, and and save from the wrath of what so many other Hebrew yes. babies had to go through, and they died. He didn't, so there was probably a little bit of uh, survivor's guilt there and remorse. I don't know, but but I do feel like there was a part of him, and where we're going is that there was probably a little bit of an identity crisis. Like he didn't feel like he necessarily belonged in the house of Pharaoh. He was given all this love. He lived in a, a house of luxury while his own people were slaves. Yeah. And so we find out later as he uh, grows up, he ends up killing this Egyptian slave driver because they were beating on um, these other Hebrews and he ends up killing him, hiding him, finds out later. These Hebrews knew about it. They ended up making fun of him. Like, who do you think you are? And so this scares Moses and he ends up running for his life. He gets out of there and the Pharaoh wants to kill him. But he flees. And so he ends up fleeing into the wilderness. And he goes into the land of Midian, right? And this begins a 40-year journey where he completely runs away and leaves all that he knew. Or what he thought he knew. Exactly. And so he ends up um, going to the house of Jethro. This is where he ends up marrying one of his daughters. Of course he does. Of course he does, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what else do you do? And, uh, and so he ends up marrying one of the daughters, has a child. His name is Gershom. And Gershom actually means driven out or foreigner. And so this, again, kind of ties back into Moses... He, he didn't fully understand his identity yet. He didn't know uh, where he belonged or whom he belonged to. Mm. He didn't feel like he was a part of anything, anyone. And so ends up with 40 years becoming a shepherd. And in this process, he pretty much has surrendered or, or um, kind of given up to the thought that this is his life, right? Like this is what it's going to be. This is my future. And I'm just going to... He kind of made Make up the, his own identity. Yeah, like well, he had to, right? Like he didn't, he didn't have an identity there. He didn't feel like he belonged to any particular group. Right. Back home, he knew he couldn't go back home, and so he he moved on with his life. Mm-hmm. And and God then comes and meets him where he's at. And this is kind of the big moment, right? Enter the yeah. burning, burning bush. bush, right? And so God has a this holy encounter with Moses on Mount Horeb. Now, Moses is herding sheep. He goes up to the mount and God presents himself to Moses in the form of a burning bush that's not consumed. Now, this is an incredible sight, right? Like God is actually coming before Moses. Now, Moses probably grew up knowing of God from his own mother and the Hebrew traditions, but here he is face to face with God and God begins doing something pretty neat. God begins to speak new identity into Moses, who he is and who he belongs to. See, God knew something about Moses that Moses didn't know. I know it sounds pretty profound, but it's true. God knows things about you that you don't even know about you. And so God knew that he was preparing Moses from the moment he was born for this time. See, God had heard the people's cry of slavery. And God said to Moses, I've heard my people cry and I've chosen you. You are to go before Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Hmm. Now, God knew that Moses was the only person that could walk back into the house of Pharaoh and and speak directly to the king. See, Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh as, as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He would have been given respect to be able to walk back into 
the place of Pharaoh in before Pharaoh and speak to him. And so God was preparing for this moment, preparing Moses for exactly this time where, where he would walk back and be the instrument of God to free his people. So good. Now, Moses' response is pretty much the same as all of us, right? Yeah. When confronted or presented with a calling such as this, the first response is like, what? No. no. <laughs> like, in fact, let's read in, in chapter 3, Exodus three eleven. it says, Moses told God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He's like, me? Like, who am I? I'm a nobody. I don't belong anywhere. They don't believe me. They don't, they don't see me as one of theirs. And the Egyptians want to kill me. They don't see me as one of theirs. I'm a nobody. I'm a foreigner in this land. And God is saying, no, I have chosen you, Moses, and I'm choosing you to do this thing. I'm choosing you. And as we read, we see this, this conversation unfold, right, between God and Moses. And, and Moses is saying, but anybody. And, and, and further on in, in chapter 4, 11, it says, uh, the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you mm-hmm. what you shall say. So Moses was saying, like, I can't even speak well. Like, what? He gives all these excuses. Excuse that. I totally relate with Moses. Here. I do, too. <laughs> totally, right? I, yes. I would be Moses. I would be completely giving. I have been Moses. I've been giving so many excuses of why not me, right? Why not us? Why not me? I can't do this thing. And and God is saying, no, I am going to be with you, Moses. Don't worry about what you can't do. It's not about you. Mm. It's not about your physical ability, what you think you are, what you're capable are. I, I am going to do this thing. I just need you to say yes. And so we immediately then see Moses' response like, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. He's like, no, no. <laughs> and then God, like, verse 14, like, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Now, I get this, right? Here this whole conversation is happening, and God's like, Moses, wake up. Stop. Stop. <laughs> and, and we see this. I would do the same thing, yeah. right? Like, if my son was about to put his hand on a burning hot stove, I would scream, Stop. It's not because I'm I I can't stand my son and I'm so mad at him. I don't want to see him get hurt. And and basically this is what's happening, right? There's so many times where we can see the anger of God in the Old Testament and think that God is this anger God and and yet in the New Testament God's God love. Like God's the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and and he's no different, but yet many times we we misunderstand God's anger as as one of the greatest mis- misunderstandings of an aspect of his love. See, God's anger is that he's not willing to let us stand by and be mediocre. He's not willing to stand by and say, that's fine, just whatever you want. If you don't want to accept it, that's fine. No, he said, stop, Moses. I'm choosing you. Wake up. And he's so in love with Moses. He's chosen Moses that Moses can't even see it yet. Okay, so now... Moses finally, God's like, listen, I'm going to send Aaron. He's going to help you. Moses goes back home, tells his family, and he begins this journey back to Egypt. He says, okay, I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to follow. I'm going to say yes, and I'm just going to go back. 
and see how this thing unfolds. I imagine a little skepticism in Moses, possibly just he's going going with the flow here, right? I mean, he just saw a burning bush. <laughs> so he's on his way back to Egypt and then something pretty crazy happens. Now, this is a part of the Bible that I'm sure many may have heard, may have read right past. And it's one of those passages where you have to ask, like, what is going on? Like, what's happening here? And I think it's important that we ask that question. In fact, I want to read it to you because he's on his way back with his wife and his son. And in uh, chapter 4, verses 24, it says, And it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. (laughs) Moses. Then Zipporah, Moses' wife, took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. God let him go because Zipporah, his wife, did this thing, circumcised their son. And then she said, you are a husband of blood because of a circumcision. Oh, yeah. I totally have passed over that. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Sorry. Go ahead. I think it's safe to say a lot of us probably have passed over that. Even if not, even if we've read through it, there's probably like, what is going on? Like, right, what, what's going on? First, God has this amazing encounter. He presents himself before Moses. Like, explains even a na- his own name, you know. Yahweh, he, everyone before him has known him as El Shaddai, but Yahweh, like, he's like, no, I am, like, he's presenting, like, he, he's really becoming intimate oh, with good. Moses, hmm. and yet Moses, he, he says, okay, I'm going to go, and then now we get to a place where he wants to come kill him, like, why would he do that, why right. would God, like, call this thing into Moses just to then come back and kill him, like, okay, so years ago, we had kind of gone through this wilderness season, this period of transition in our lives where we were kind of asking like, God, what are we doing here? Like, what are we, what's going on? Right. And we had a lot of questions and, and I actually spoke with the pastor. We didn't know, I, I didn't know him. She didn't know. I, I was just reaching out to somebody that was kind of a third party, unbiased opinion. And, and I was like, here's our situation. And he just said, you know, Nate, did God call you? Yes. Okay, well, if God's called you to something and he hasn't called you from something, then maybe there's something in this that you need to press into. You need to learn, yeah. And you need to learn. And and it began a journey of reading through Moses and the Israelites and, and their struggle and their journey and, and the testing. And, and I was like, God, I don't want to repeat the same test over no. and over in our life, mm-hmm. you know. And that began... Asking God, like, okay, God, I know from an early age you marked me. You called me to something. You called Cammie. I don't know what that is, right? And and I began asking God, what is this? And, and in that, what God revealed is like, there's things in us that he wanted to uh, press and, and uh, pull out of us. Things in us that he wanted to uh, have us lay down and submit to and get rid of in our life. Yes, so true. And knowing that we couldn't move into the next season until we got through this one. 
And if we would have just cycled back and repeated the same patterns, we would have been going through the exact same issues and problems. It didn't matter where or when, it would have just kept cycling back. And so that's what happens with Moses. God is coming to kill Moses, not because he's angry and mad with with him, but it's in fact, it's saying, no, you can't just do this halfway. Like there's things in you that you need to know that, yes, I've called you, but you need to fully understand and accept it, right? Like God wasn't killing, coming to kill him because he wasn't circumcised. No, it says that Zipporah, his wife circumcised their son. See, Moses was already marked, but he didn't understand his mark. Mm, He didn't accept his mark. No, that's good. And Moses needed to accept the fact that he was a child of God. He was chosen and that he belonged to him. And not just that, but that needed to also pass into his child. See, it's important that God is asking something of us at me as a husband, as, as a father, that the things that I do actually impact my legacy, my children Hmm. and their future. And what God was saying to Moses is like, no, no, like, it's great that you said, okay, I'm going to go, but no, that's not enough. I need all of you. And I feel like there's times that we can say yes to God, but not fully say yes to God. Right. There's a difference. And, and I felt like God was saying that to, to me years ago of saying, listen, you're saying yes, you're doing all the things that you think you need to be doing, but yet you're not doing it all. You're not, you're not giving me everything that you have. Mm-hmm. You're not giving me your all. And that began a pressing period in my life where I was like, okay, God, I don't want you to come kill me. And I don't mean that like, I mean that figuratively, right? Like there was a part of me that was like, listen, I want to fully submit my will, fully trust that God's plans are perfect for me and better than, than my own. Even though what I'm doing, I'm thinking I'm doing it right. But no, God is saying like, I need to have all of you. Yeah. And this is what God is telling Moses in this moment. Like, no, I need all, I need, I need you. I need your family. I need it all. And if you're going to walk and step before a king, you need to bow before this king. Oh, so good. (laughs) And, And I feel like that's exactly where we all have to get to. We have to be willing to bow before the king of kings. And if you're listening to this and and this resonates at all with you, just know that God loves you and that he has chosen you and he's placed a mark on your life. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a mark that we must fully accept, right? It's a mark that we must be willing to accept. He doesn't force us into that, but, but he definitely invites us into relationship with him. Moses went on to actually have one of the most intimate relationships with God. And I pray for you listening right now that that you begin to understand that God's plans and purposes for you are so great. And he wants great things for your life. But it's important that we understand who we are and who we belong to. 
Because this world is going to want to pull us and separate us and, and take us away from what's really important. But I want to encourage you today to press into what God is saying, who God is saying you are. So I just, I thank you for listening. I thank you for uh, joining us today. Yeah. And uh, I really pray that you continue to um, ask God to speak into your life. Like, what are you, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to say to me about this? Because I believe that God uh, wants to, to find you right where you're at. And once, and he will, he will go through the wilderness and to the darkest places of your life. And to just to speak identity and purpose and calling into your life. So that's my prayer for you today, that you fully begin to accept that calling. And uh, we can begin to lose some of the excuses of why not me and yeah. uh, begin to actually start walk it out and be the church. So I encourage you in that today. And I thank you for uh, taking time with us. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, be encouraged today that... You know, where you are weak in your life, he is strong. And that's how he can show you and show others that he's real and he's still working today. Because if we had it all together, why would we need him? But I love what Nathan said about identity and how God finds us where we're at to to love on us. And it reminds me of the song Reckless Love, how he'll leave the 99 for the one. He'll leave the 99 for you. And you might be saying, well, I'm not worthy of him leaving the 99 for me. And God's like, oh, yes, you are. Here I come. And you're like, nope, I still am not worthy. And he's like, he keeps on pressing. And so before we leave, Nathan, would you pray for us and pray for those watching? Yeah, absolutely. God, I I thank you that you are a good father, that you love your children, that you have not forgotten us, but God, that you have destined each one of us to a specific purpose that you have for us. And God, that you are calling us to walk submitted lives, lives that are dedicated to serving you, serving those around us, to living uh, the life that you uh, desire for each of us. And God, that it's not about us. It's not about how good we are or what we do for you. But God, it's all about our heart. And God, that you have called us in this time to be your hands and feet, to be your church. And God, I just pray over everyone listening right now, Lord, that that, uh, they know that they are marked by you, that they understand that, that they accept that fully. And God, that they begin leaving a legacy for their children of being marked for you. And God, I thank you that you uh, don't leave us where you're at, but God, that you you seek us, you seek out that, that one, that you come into the deep, dark places of our lives. You come into the wilderness seasons and that you speak truth and identity over us. And Father, I thank you that uh, you are giving um, those listening right now the ability to fully receive that right now. To receive your grace, your love. And God, I thank you that you love us so much to not leave us where we're at. So thank you, Father, for this time. I thank you that... um, that you continue to speak to us. It's your name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us for session number one. We look forward to 
next month as we have an incredible guest joining us. He's yeah. a pastor. He's a teacher. He's a builder. He is a missionary, <laughs> and he has so much wisdom, yeah. and he's so humble. So I look forward to you joining us next time. Be blessed. See you next time. Bye. Bye.